0: We're good now. Yeah, so my name is Si. I'm glad to be here. Um, stronger. I love this, love this series. I think it's a great way to kick off a year. It's like, what can our focus be on? How can we try to get better at something? My wife and I, we, have, uh, we decided we didn't know this series was going on necessarily, but we decided, hey, this year, starting January 2nd, uh, we are going to get stronger in our eating habits. We're just going to do better at that. And so we're doing this clean eating thing. Anybody ever heard, you know, the clean eating? You know what I'm talking about kind of a little bit? Yeah, so we get to eat a lot of vegetables, and that's about it. <laughs> but uh, what's, what's, you know, interesting is that you may have may not have noticed I'm a large mammal, and there are few, few large mammals that exist solely on vegetables. But thus far, I mean, we get a little, a little bit of meat, but it's not like meat, it's... So, but I'm, I'm, I'm existing, it's, it's working out okay, and so I'm pumped to be part of this because I'm trying to live that out one part of my life. But uh, so this morning, uh, we're going to talk about becoming stronger in faith. All right, so you got a little spot to fill in on that stronger in faith. You might even want to write that capital letters faith. So, faith's a little word, but it's a big deal, and that is what we're going to talk about this morning. And I'm going to kind of tell you where we're going. Uh, I know sometimes you like to know where we're going before we get there. So here are the two keys we're going to hit right at the end of the message, but I'm going to give them to you now. Uh, so you get them down. First thing we need to do if we're going to grow stronger in faith is hear from God. We're going to hear from God. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to act in obedience. So if we're going to get stronger in faith, we need to hear from God. Then we need to act in obedience. That's where we're going. Now we got a ways to go to get there. Uh, but uh, that's where we're headed. So I have uh, been a pastor about eight years, but I have not always uh, been a pastor. Uh, I was introduced to the young lady who sings up here earlier and she said she was 17 and I laughed out loud uh, because at 17 I had ex- been in a church, in a church ever in my entire life exactly two times. One was a wedding, one was a funeral. Um, I had never, and just no concept of any of this stuff uh, and so that, and that's okay, that's how I, I grew up but, but I did have some faith, which I, I, you don't realize it till you, till you look back. But uh, so when I was preparing for this, I was reminded of my junior year in college. Uh, it was the spring of 1998. Now, just so, we, just so I have a good idea, who could drive in 1998? What's my crowd? Oh, good. This is a way, this is a more friendly crowd than first service. I appreciate that. So you get me. All right, so 1998, junior in college, and uh, my buddies are like, hey, you want to you wanna go to Atlanta, Georgia for spring break? I was like, sure, let's do it. Okay, so now, moms, if you hear, hey, we're going to drive 12 hours to Atlanta, what's going through your head? What, what, what has to take place beforehand? What are you going to do? This is where you talk. What, where, why, how, okay. Anybody going to pack anything? Maybe. No one's packing. Okay. It's not a new to speech, so you're going to have to pack something, right? So, all right, you got to take something. Anybody going to take the car to get checked out? You're going to drive. Anybody going to take the car to get checked out? Yeah. yeah. Gonna, what are you going to check on the car? You're going to check the tires, right? You're driving a long ways. You don't want a flat tire. What else? You're going to check the fluids, right? You want to make sure the fluids are good? Like, if that's okay. We're going to be fine, right? Are you going to have some idea where you're going when you get there? Probably, right? You're going to have have a clue. So, 1998. We leave, so we decide this at 5 p.m. on Friday, and we left at 7 p.m. on Friday. In my 1988 Chevy Celebrity that had 200,000 miles on it, and the driver's side door didn't work. We had $52 between us, or three of us, we had zero cell phones. This is 1998, and so thankfully, you're you're the crowd that understands there was an existence prior to cell phones. <laughs> so, children, you don't know what I'm talking about, but it did happen, and we all survived thus far. Some of us even like exceedingly well. So, zero cell phones. You know, junky vehicle. Didn't check anything. We just left. Uh, we had to stop at a Carl's Jr. to call our friend, the one friend we knew in Atlanta to see if he was home because we hadn't called him until we got there because why would you do that? I mean, that's silly, right? So we we go to Atlanta, then we go to Panama City Beach, Florida. We pull, we're rocking into Panama City Beach, Florida. It's bumper to bumper traffic because it's spring break and it's a beach town. And so we're doing that. And I noticed the paint on my hood is starting to bubble. For those of you who don't know, that means that your car is overheating, if that starts to happen. So we pull over, and I'm a whiz with cars, so I pop the hood open and stand there and watch it overheat, because I didn't know what else to do. And as I'm standing there, I look down at the right front tire, and did you know that there's metal inside your tire? I don't think you're supposed to be able to see it, but I could on my tire. And if you recall, we had $52. So there was no chance of us spending 52 dollars on a tire. So we just left it. We're like,, eh, we'll make it home or we won't. I also broke my foot on this trip. Uh, I won't tell that story. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, like, it was some faith. I had some faith,, eh, we'll be OK, even if something happens to the car, even if we run out of money, it's going to be OK. We're going to be fine. So there was some faith exhibited there, even though it had nothing to do with Jesus. So I'm also the type of person, I like to kind of know, uh, what, what does something mean? And we, uh, we have a lot of words, right, that we think, like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. But if someone wants to actually ask you, well, how would you define it? You're like, well, uh, it's like love. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get love. I know what love means, right? But then someone's like, well, define love. And you're like, oh, uh, because it's just tough, right? I think faith is very similar. We get it, but to define it, very difficult. So thankfully, in, uh, in the Bible, there's a great definition of what faith is. It's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It's this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You get that? It's like we like to we like to think about faith as being a noun. It's like, well, I have faith. Like that you could carry it and put it in your pocket or set it on the dash of your truck or whatever. But faith is actually a verb. Like we should be faithing. We should be doing faith. Like faithing, it should be an activity rather than, than a noun that we speak of. And so and that's what we're gonna kind of grab into today because uh, it's important to realize that that faith isn't faith if we know does that make any sense so if you know the answer it doesn't take any faith to believe in the answer right because you already know the answer it's like you go to a new restaurant and you've never been there before and you never talked to anybody you have faith it's going to be okay it's going to be decent but once you've eaten there and it's good then it no longer takes faith to go back there this is kind of the same concept as once we know, then the faith side of it kind of is off on the side because now we just know and our knowing, our knowledge takes over for our faith. And see, that can happen as we're, we're trying to do the church thing, trying to do the Jesus thing. Sometimes we get to a place where our knowledge of Jesus, our knowledge of God, our knowledge of church overtakes our faith. And we no longer act in faith or act out faith. So, we are, are going to talk about that today. Now, why that's important is because anybody ever heard the, the phrase, growing people change? Who's heard that before? A few of you have heard that. Good. Growing people change, and that's all about faith. It's all about faith. See, what, what we have to remember is sometimes we talk about this, uh, this church thing. It's like, I might say, I might introduce myself. Uh, it's like, hey, my name's Cy, and I'm a follower of Jesus. I am following Jesus. Well, if we ever say that, if we talk about that in any way, if we say we're following Jesus, then that must mean that Jesus is doing what? He's moving, right? He, he must be moving, because if he wasn't moving, we could follow Jesus from a recliner. But we have to actively follow him because he's on the move, and we have to try to keep up with him. And if we're not following, if we're not moving if we're not growing if we're not changing we're actually slipping away from jesus because he's always moving forward our goal is not to slip away from him our goal is to move closer to him so if we're not growing if we're not changing if we're not taking steps forward in faith we are falling short of where jesus would love to have us so what does that mean for us well i think it means we have to learn how, how do we become stronger in faith? Like, how does this work? What does God do? How does, how does God function in this? How would, he, how would he help us orchestrate this? And I think we got a clip uh, from a movie. Uh, I think it's a really fun movie. Uh, but there's a clip where we kind of get a picture of how God might help us do, do this. So check it out. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does it give them opportunities to love each other? So that's how God works, right? So if we're, like, if we're saying, hey, I need to grow in my faith, God is going to give us an opportunity to practice faith, to practice being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. He wants to give us an opportunity to practice our faith. Now, thankfully, there's a ton of stories in this. This is called the Bible. In the Bible, there are a ton of stories about people practicing their faith. I'll I'll do some Cliff Notes versions. You ever heard of a guy named Peter? There's a guy named Peter. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Peter? Yes, good. So Peter, uh, one time Jesus comes cruising up. He's walking on the water, and Peter freaking out. He's like, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out there with you. And Jesus like, well, come on. And so Peter steps out of the boat, walks on water. What'd that take? Okay. Remember earlier when I said, earlier I said, I'm going to say stuff and I'm going to ask you a question. Then what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say stuff back, right? Okay. So Peter gets out of the boat, walks on the water. What did that take? That took faith. Thank you very much. I appreciate the participation. We're going to keep this up. All right. Uh, Everybody ever heard of a guy named David. David, you heard of a guy named David? David's famous for slinging, slinging the giant, right? Um, David and Goliath, that's the, the, the big show, and then, you know, that was his American Idol victory, and then no one ever bought the album. I mean, that's basically what happened, right? Maybe not. Is that show even still on? It's not on, okay. Well, see, there we go. I am not the edge of pop culture. Okay, David. Now, before David was slaying Goliath, David was a sheep herder, a shepherd. Now, I know uh, we, p- shepherd is not a prevalent job here, but there are pigs in the state of Iowa, amen? Right, so, so a pig uh, is stinky, right? Pig stinky, sheep stinky. So if you imagine lots of pigs gathered together and the smell that comes from that, sheep are equal to, if not grosser than, pigs, okay? So a shepherd's job is to eat, sleep, hang out with sheep. And David, this was David's job, right? So at one point in time, though, David, the shepherd, shows up at a meeting. He's the last guy to get there, and some guy walks up to him, dumps a bunch of oil on his head and said, you're going to be the king of Israel. Boom. Drops the mic. <laughs> and David's like, sweet, sweet. And then goes back to the sheep. Then David's like, what? I'm going to be king. Sweet. So the king calls because he's not king yet. King calls David. David, come play harp for me. So David plays harp for the king. He's not king. And then the next time we, we hear about David, David shows up to the camp. The army's encamped. Goes to army camp to take cheese and crumpets to his brothers. I don't know what crumpets are, but it's sad, so I said it. All right. Um, So goes to the camp to take him food. Brothers are hanging out. And then David's like, why is anybody doing anything about this guy yelling at us and making fun of our God? And he's like, because he's ginormous. What? Who's going to do anything? David's like, I will. And everybody laughs at him. And then you know what happens there? David slays the giant, cuts his head off, which the cutting the head off does not make it into the children's books. Did you notice that? Like it's in the Bible. It's in here. It doesn't make it in the kids version. I'm not sure why. No. Sorry, kids. Ask your parents about it. (laughs) Uh, So, still not king, and in fact, from that point on, the person who was king spent the next few years of his life trying to kill David, because David was now more popular than the king, and at what point is David like, "Uh, hey God, I thought, I I mean, we talked, the the oil thing, and I'm supposed to be king, and I'm not king, in fact, remember, like, do you think it took some faith for him to get through all of these things to get to a place where he actually does become king, and he finally, finally does. Yes, of course. It took a ton. Now, there's another guy who I think is awesome. He's in the uh, Old Testament, the book of Genesis. His name is Abram. Can everybody say Abram? Abram. Abram. Is there any, are there any people named Abram in the room? No, that name, I think that name's going to make a comeback. So if you're pregnant, consider Abram no no one was writing that down so I don't think that's going to happen but it could I mean it's a great name alright so Abram he's in the book of Genesis uh, and the book of Genesis is in the very beginning of the Bible and that's a good spot for it because the word Genesis means beginning you get that no really Genesis means beginning okay never mind come on guys stick with me All right. Genesis chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, if you have a real Bible like this, uh, it's in that part. If you have the phone Bible, it's the first one on the list. All right. Genesis 12. The Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Now, ladies in the room, imagine this. Your husband comes home, right? Husband comes home, he's like, honey, pack up all our stuff, we're leaving. And that's all he says. At any point, at what point do you ask a question, uh, where are we going? Is it pretty early on? Because you... If you don't know where you're going, how do you know what to pack, right? Right, so he just comes home, hey, and and I imagine Sarai, his wife's like, well, where are we going? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm not going, like, come on. He's like, God just said we have to go, so we're going to go. Okay, well, that took some faith for that to happen. Now, uh, if this continues, all right? So just a few few notes down, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 7. Verse 7 says, then the Lord appeared. So remember, he just told Abram, go to this place. I'm going to show you, all right? A few verses later, verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him, all right? So they, tr- they packed up everything. Sarai bought in. It was like, all right, we'll just go, I guess. And they cameled their way to this place. And God shows them. It's like, this is the place. So Abram builds an altar. It's like, sweet, this is the place. I'm pumped. We made it, all right? Three verses later. At that time, this is verse 10. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. Imagine this. In faith, you pack up everything. You leave everything you've ever known. You take off, and you're waiting for the GPS to start to work, okay? You're just on the road, and all of a sudden it pops on. like, you have arrived. Okay, we're here. And then moments later, it says, uh, proceed to root because you can't stay here. Abram had to be like, God, what is going on? You told me to come here, I'm here, and now I can't stay here. Nope, you gotta go. Had a chance to practice his faith again. Now, we hear, from, we hear about Abram, and he had a chance to practice his faith twice here, and he did, did a good job, right? Uh, but not all practices go well, right? That's why it's called practice, because you can make mistakes in practice, right? That's, and that's how you get better. So uh, Abram continues to have a chance to practice his faith. So if we keep going, verse 11 says this. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarai, Look, you're hot. Which the ladies are like, yeah, come on, preach it. Then he says this. So, because of that, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, let's kill him, then we can have her. So, please tell them you're my sister. Uh, Hold up. That doesn't sound like a good deal, right? So, Abram had God show up and say, hey, Pack up your stuff and go. I'll show you where. Okay, he does it. Practice his faith. Win. Gets there, says, Hey, there's a famine here. You can't stay here. He's like, Okay, practice his faith. Win. Has another chance. Going into Egypt, has another chance to practice his faith. Fail. Doesn't trust God that God can take care of him and his wife and all his people in Egypt. So he tries to do an end around of the system and claims that his wife is his sister. It's a fail. It would have made it on America's Funniest Home Videos, I think. Because that, that was miserable. Total miserable failure when he tries to dive into this conversation. Now, ladies, if your guy tries to do this with you, have none of that. Like, that ain't going to work, right? I mean, the hey, you're hot part, thumbs up, like hashtag that on uh, Instagram or something, right? But then the sister part, like, no, we're not going to do that. No. So these two continue on, all right? So Abram and Sarai, they continue on. God shows up again, and he says to Abram, hey, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abram's like, that is awesome. One issue, I am 75 years old and have zero children. How am I going to be a father of many nations? I don't understand, and, and God tells him have have faith. So we fast forward. Uh, bec- uh, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. He also changed Sarai's name to Sarah, uh, and that that's going on. He, they have a child. The child's name is Isaac, and Isaac is a gift, uh, total gift from the Lord, and uh, it's the only kid that those two guys have. But they have Isaac, all right. And they're pumped about that. We're going to go to chapter 22 in Genesis. Genesis chapter 22, and here. Isaac's probably a teenager, he's like like 12, 13 years old, and this this is what Abraham is told. So sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called, yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. He says, I want to test your faith, Abraham. He's tested it before. Abraham had a chance to practice his faith. Abraham has had a chance to practice his faith. and, And he's passed, but he's failed. And so God says, I'm going to test your faith. Do you love the giver more or the gift more? So Abraham has to go to this place with his son, his only son, His son's carrying part of the wood for the sacrifice. Can you imagine that, that process, what that would feel like? You know, I've had a a lot of opportunity to practice faith in my life as well. In fact, uh, I talked about the car thing, but I mean, in reality, I I was far from, from God for a long time for a long time. And uh, I met my now wife, uh, we, we've been married a little over 14 years, but uh, when we first kind of got together, first started dating, um, really the f- first time I announced myself uh, as her, uh, her boyfriend was to her family uh, in the ICU waiting room of a hospital because she had a blood clot and her leg was dying on her body. She was in severe pain, had been through three surgeries in 24 hours. And I show up, I'm like, hey, I'm Jen's boyfriend. None of her family ever knew I existed. So that was awkward. But but watching, I mean, I didn't know Jesus at this point. Watching my now wife go through all of this, the faith she had, because right? it's one thing to, to read about faith in here and be like, well, yeah, you're in the Bible. Of course you have faith. I mean, you made the Bible. Best-selling book of all time. You're in it. Yes. Like, of course. But like, for real? Like, really? So I actually witnessed someone live out insane, crazy faith through the most despicable amount of pain you can imagine. I watched it. And she said, I prayed for this. And like that, that wasn't enough. That, we we couldn't have kids, couldn't have children, so we're like, hey, we, we want to adopt and so we, we go start going through the process of adoption. And when you when you do that, you have your ideas like, oh, you know, in a few months you get a phone call, you get a kid, and then you live happily ever after. And they're like, Hey, just so you know, it could be one, two, five years before you get a kid. We're like, What? We're like, Well, we know we're supposed to do it. So we we dove in, we we paid some money uh down for that and then we uh, we rushed around to get everything done, and we finally we got a phone call. <clears throat> it was a Monday in March, 2007, we got a phone call. Hey, you've been selected uh, by a family for, to adopt a, a, young, a young child. And we were like, this is amazing. The faith part of that, the day before, we put a for sale sign in our house in Pella to sell our house to move to Ottumwa to help start the Bridge Church. We've been wrestling with that. We put the for sale sign and said, we're all in, and God calls the next day. It's pretty awesome. We tried to adopt again. Uh, Clara is her name, and uh, she's from Waterloo. And we got to be in the uh, delivery room. My wife did. I had wanted nothing to do with it. Um, man, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, in the delivery room. We had Clara from birth until she was 17 months old, and we uh, fought for her um, in court with lawyers and spent tons of money trying to keep her, and we lost her. She was 17 months old. She went home to a horrible situation. But faith was tested, and we hung on. We hung on to God. And to tell you the truth, I, I don't have permission to share what's going on in our life right now, but our faith is being tested right now in this season. I have a chance to practice faith. I've had a chance to practice faith. Because that's the only way we can get stronger. The only way we can get stronger is to practice it, and, and what it takes is really owning this definition of faith. This definition of faith you're gonna see appear. it's faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That faith is, is crucial because we have to hang on to Jesus even though we can't see him. We have to believe he's gonna come through even though we don't know if he is or not because it's not our plan, it's his plan. So what, what, what can we do? Well, I told you, the two keys. The first one is hear from God. We have to hear from God. That's one of the things that all these stories of faith, everything, hear from God first. That comes foremost. So easiest way to hear from God, right, is right here. This is the Bible. In the Bible, this is the Word of God, and it is a gift to us. We have access to this. You can read this. If you do not have a Bible, all right, if you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, there are Bibles out at Next Steps, you go out these doors to the right, there are Bibles there, they're $10. If you don't have $10 and you can't afford a Bible and you need a Bible and you want a Bible, I will buy you a Bible. Tell them, hey, the big guy that was talking said I could have a Bible, go get a Bible. Okay? Get a Bible. You say, I don't know where to start, I don't know where, where to go. This is out there, it's called My First Soap and this is a reading plan. This tells you what to read in the Bible. What do you read? Start here. How much do I read? It tells you on the back. Hear from God. You can do this. You can do this. You're capable of doing this on your own. Now, this is one way to hear from the hear from God. There's another way. I love music. Love music. All right. So you have another way you can hear from God. These CDs. Uh, this was recorded by your uh, worship team, and so there's a CD. It's got three songs on it. Amazing music. Great songs. These are out at next steps as well. Right out through the doors to the right. Just go get one of these. Put it in your car. It's a CD. So kids, what a CD is is it's a silverish disk that plays music. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but trust me it works. All right? There's no jack to plug your headphones into. You have to put it in a machine. But anyway, ask your parents, they will show you. Go get it. Put it in your car, put it at your house, take it to work. Uh, upload on your computer, listen to music, hear from God through worship. Maybe that's how you need to connect is through hearing about God, hearing from God through music. That could be what you need to do. But first off, if we do not hear from God, if we do not attempt to hear from God, we can't do the next part. And the next part is act in obedience, right? So hearing from God is awesome. It's spectacular, it's absolutely amazing. It's something that is almost overwhelming. But if we only hear from God and we do not act in obedience, we've accomplished nothing. If we just hear from God but don't move forward, if we, if we hear from God but we don't grow or we don't change, then we haven't really done anything. It's, it's both pieces of this that are so crucial. We have to hear from God but we have to act in obedience. We have to to act in obedience. We have to do what he says. It might seem crazy. It might seem ludicrous. It might be like, hey, we got to go. And I don't know where, but we're supposed to leave now. Okay. Listen, it might be absolutely out there on the edge, but I don't know what God's asking you to do. You do. But I'll tell you what, if, if, if we are going to be a people that are growing people change, that means we have to be willing to be on the move. We have to be willing to take steps forward. We have to be willing to change. And, and let me tell you, if, if you've decided to come uh, to City Point Church because, well, the chairs are super comfortable, the coffee's not bad, um, I mean, I can be really quite comfortable here, then you're at, the wrong, you're at the wrong church. This isn't a place to come and sit down and get comfortable and say, I'm good, I'm done. I don't need to grow anymore. that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is God is moving. He's moving in people's lives who've never heard from him before, and we can be on that team. We can be the people that are helping ushering people into a life with Christ. We can be the team that is inviting our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our our schoolmates, and, and saying, come check out what God is doing in this place. That can be us if we're willing to take risk if we're willing to act in obedience what god speaks to us if we're willing to get stronger in our faith this can be us but it's going to take it's going to take some work it's going to take some effort so the band they're going to make their way out here most likely we are a well-oiled machine friends so the band's coming out. We're going to sing an awesome song. and pumped about that. But here's what I want you to hear. We are in a season where God's doing amazing things. And, and I, I can say that because I, I look at what's going on in Washington County from the outside. I mean, I can understand it can be hard for some of you. You're here every week. And you're like, I love it, it's been great for my family, but let me tell you, uh, what's going on at City Point is not normal, it is not normal. And what that means is that God is moving, God is, is in the midst, the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, he's already moving in front of you, he's clearing the way for you to act in obedience, that's what's happening in this place, because this isn't, isn't normal. I talk to Tony all the time, I'm like, Tony, you're five years, you're four or five years ahead of the Bridge Church. Like God is doing amazing things in this place. You are a part of something that is an act of God. And that's awesome. To keep pace, to keep up, you've got to get stronger in faith. I'm not saying your faith is weak, but I am saying that if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to keep moving. We can't stand pat. We have to take a step forward. So let's do it. Let's take that step forward. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. Lord, it's only because of you and your grace that we even have an opportunity to have these conversations. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. May you give us faith that is worth sharing. We give us strength where we didn't know we had it. And may that all come with your peace, which is absolutely unmistakable. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.